Um, this morning, we have uh, we're come to the book of we're in the book of Matthew, and um, if you saw the title, uh, we're going to talk about taxes this morning. Pretty exciting, huh? So you're saying, I wish we would have got the title earlier in the week. Um, we need to pray. We need to pray. So I'd like to pray before uh, we... Uh, actually, let's, let's read the passage and then we'll pray. Why don't you stand in honor of God's Word? Uh, we'll read together. I'll share with you um, the passage that we're going to look at this morning in the book of Matthew, uh, starting uh, at verse 15. God's Word says this, then, then the Pharisees went and plotted how to entangle him in his words. And they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully. And you do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances. Tell us then, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why do you put me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. And Jesus said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? They said, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Therefore, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they heard it, they marveled, and they left and went away. God, we ask your blessing on your word. We do ask that you would uh, make change happen in us. That can't happen apart from you. God, we thank you for your faithfulness to us um, in the big and the small things of life. Uh, we're grateful that we can trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. You, you, could, uh, you could title this message, How to Deal with Hated Government. And you say, that's a message I need to hear. Um, we don't always like things that are happening in our government. We don't always agree. Uh, many times we sit as an armchair quarterback uh, saying, I wouldn't have done it that way. I would have done it totally different. Why didn't somebody ask me? Uh, we look to our phones and we're wondering when the phone's going to ring because we're convinced that we have the answers uh, to what would happen or should happen in our government. Maybe you do. Um, but this morning we come to a text that uh, has God's people... Uh, and I would even say it this way, has Jesus right in the middle of hated government. And he gets put on the spot to how to deal with that. How, how does he suggest, how does he uh, instruct his people, how does he judge right and wrong in the midst of hated government? And so we look at this passage and uh, first is brought to us is a tricky question, a tricky question. Uh, we look down at verse 15, and it talks about the Pharisees plotting against Jesus. Why were they plotting? Well, if you look back to the previous couple of chapters, really the, 
uh, last three sections. He has brought parable after parable, not just to teach about how general living, but uh, parables of condemnation to show that the Pharisees, the religious leaders, had acted wrongly, not just for a moment, uh, but for years, many years, uh, really going back to the time of the prophets. And so Jesus indicts them. He connects the dots for them, and he's, he's saying, you were wrong. You were wrong about me. You were wrong about what it is to truly walk with God. You were wrong about everything. Um, and th- these are the things that he shared with them uh, over and over, really three times. So it's no wonder that this is the Pharisees uh, regrouping and now coming in to attack and to try to destroy the credibility of Jesus. You realize, of course, that the, the crowds are being swayed one way and another. This is probably Tuesday, Tuesday of the Passion Week. Uh, Jesus is mar- marching to the cross. He, it's part of his preparation. And, and the crowds have already uh, gathered to him and cheered his name. And this doesn't sit well with the Pharisees, the religious leaders. You realize, too, that he has gone into the temple and he's cleaned the temple out and he has shown his displeasure and really the displeasure of the Father uh, with the temple. And now you have him uh, back and forth with the Pharisees. The Pharisees plot, in verse 15, because they desire to entangle him in his words. Uh, you know what this is, right? They try to put him on the spot. They want to trip him up by his own words and then uh, turn the crowd against him based on his answers to their tricky question. In verse 16, it says, uh, they sent the, the, their disciples to him. So the Pharisees have followers and they instruct them. Uh, we don't know how large this crowd is. We, we don't know if it's 10 or 15 or, or whatever, but they get some of their disciples to go to Jesus and to question him. It says that they got their disciples to go with him along with the Herodians. As we hear that, um, we think of the Herodians as a, a group of people, another group, some, somehow different from the disciples of, uh, of the Pharisees, right? So who are the Herodians? Well, they are followers, loyalists to Herod, to the family of Herod, the, the ruling Herod. And, and in so saying that, uh, they are ru- a ruling party. They are not part of the Jews. They are not followers, uh, part of the, the Pharisees group. In fact, as you see this, their loyalties are to Herod and to the Romans. They love the government of the day. They, they are connected with that. They are finding pleasure and purpose and a position. They enjoy that uh, in this government of today. So, so you have the, the Pharisees and, and the Herodians together. So Pharisees and their followers, the Herodians. And they are coming together for a mutual purpose. As we look at this, we go... That's strange. They hated each other. They hated each other. Uh, mostly the Jews to the Herodians because they hated the, the, the idea of Rome being over them. They, they 
would hate their being secular and they would hate them not worshiping God. They would hate it all. And so they would look to them and they, they hated the Herodians, but they came together for a common purpose to put Jesus on the spot. As you come, sometimes uh, that should tip you off to something bad happening or something strange happening. When the Democrats and the Republicans agree, maybe you should disagree, right? When, when people who hate one another, uh, who, who have, find no common ground, finally find a common ground, you've you got to wonder, is there something going on there? And, and in this case, they came together to put Jesus on the spot. If you can say it this way, the Pharisees' plot was to entangle him, to put Jesus between a rock and a hard place. Would Jesus, would Jesus look to the Herodians and try to please them with his words? Or would Jesus look to those Jews, those followers, and try to please them with his words? This was part of the plot to put him in an awkward uh, situation, a rock in a hard place. I want to tell you, this is where believers are, are all the time, aren't we? We live in a world, uh, there's really two groups of people that attack us all the time. There are secular people, atheist types or uh, irreligious types that stand away. They are driven uh, by what they want and what they see as important to them in the future, not guided by any principles found in God's Word, but just by themselves or po- popular opinion. It's kind of the, the culture of the day. And, and they're pushing on us. They're saying, what do you think? What will you participate in? What will you agree with? What can we find as common between us? There's a secular group, but there's also a religious group. Uh, I say a religious group. It's not really just one, but there's religious types that are, uh, you know, you can clump all religious types other than the followers of Christ are works-oriented. They're somehow trying to earn their way into favor with God. The God that they've made up. The God that they have described. And so there's pressure too to move away from where we are as a believer in Jesus Christ. That we follow after Jesus. We trust in His death. We trust in His grace. And we're found in the midst of this. And from time to time we get put on the spot. And they say, what do you think? What is it like to be a Christian? And we're we're struck and we're we're tempted and tried to... uh, find popular opinion with this group or popular opinion with this. This is where we are in between religious haters of us and secular haters. You see uh, this group um, of disciples and Herodians coming to Jesus and sharing this. In verse 16 it says this, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully. You do not care about anyone's opinions for you are not swayed by appearances. What do you think of that verse? Speaking of Jesus, what do you think about that? Read that verse over in your head. 
That's a great verse. That's true. That accurately reflects who Jesus was. They acknowledged him as teacher. They acknowledged him as teacher. And they acknowledged that his teaching was character-based and what's right and what's wrong. They, it, it wasn't something that was made up. It was truthful. And that it wasn't swayed by pressure or opinion. Unfortunately, it was probably 100% flattery. 100% uh, the setup. Uh, some of you use the term buttering him up. Uh, they were just pushing him up, setting him up for the fall. They were uh, not believers. They came to him to make him look dumb. But they said truthful things. And I want to tell you uh, what a great testimony it is. When even in mockery, even in this idea that flattery that doesn't mean anything, when your character reflects good, good things whether they mean them or not. This was true of Jesus. They uh, brought to him this large intro for a very simple but tricky question. It, it, it wasn't a long question. It didn't have a lot of parts to it. It wasn't contingent on this or that. But it was just simple in that, should we pay the tax? Is it right to pay the tax? The question was, uh, as, as you go on in the passage... Verse 17, tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? As we look at this, uh, in view here is probably not all the taxes that Caesar had, but specifically the poll tax or the census tax. We connect that because of the cost of it and some other factors. But this idea of the, and when you say the poll tax or the census tax, what was that? That's the one that Jesus uh, came at his birth, really. Joseph and Mary were going, and they were going to register. They were going to register, not just sign their name, but sign their name and pay their money. And this happened once a year. And this idea here was that they would pay, they would pay a tax to Rome for the privilege of living under Roman rule. Now, now it's starting to get to us, right? Uh, we get to do this too in our, our country. April 15th represents the day where we get the privilege of paying to live in the United States of America, to make money here, to uh, raise our families here, to enjoy whatever goes along with being here in the United States. This tax that Joseph and Mary paid at the birth of Christ was one of the most hated taxes of all for the Jews. And you say, well, why? Uh, you think to your own life and you say, I hate all taxes. <laughs> I'm not, I, I'm indiscriminate. I don't, I don't like income tax. I don't like property tax. I don't like gas tax. Gas tax is a tough one. Have you ever looked at the pumps and really seen how much? Uh, it's a lot. You say, I just hate taxes because what it represents 
is money out of my pocket going to the government, which they're just going to waste, and I don't see any benefit to the government anyways. What was it about the poll tax? It, it was one of the most hated for the, the Jews because it represented the Roman authority over them. It was, the, it was the counting of you as a person, and you as a person are part of the Roman Empire. It, it, it almost had with it this idea that Rome owns you. Oh, and boy, that makes a human heart burn, doesn't it? And, and as, a, as a Jew, they struggled with this idea, and they said, oh, you know, nobody owns me but God. And so the idea of paying that tax, no way. It can't be right. And so it, they come with this question about paying this tax. Jesus, you, you, tell us what you think. Tell us what you think. Should we pay the tax or not? Jesus brings a simple answer to a tricky question. In verse eight, 18, he begins his response, his simple answer. It says this, but Jesus, aware of their malice, said, why do you put me to the test, you hypocrites? Uh, Jesus, he knew what was in their heart. He, he knew that it wasn't just, uh, I got a question. I've been struggling over this, whether we should pay the tax or not. This wasn't just something that he, they didn't know the answer to. It had purpose behind it, and it was evil purpose, his malice. And as they ask this question, he first starts out with a question for them. Uh, why do you put me to the test, you hypocrites? It wasn't as if they cared. This idea of hypocrites is an inconsistency. It's uh, shading the, the opinions or thoughts or practices that they had based upon what was good for them. And they were constantly changing. Why? Because they did not submit to the will of God. And so he calls them hypocrites and he says, you're trying to test me. Why are you putting me to the test? And as he reveals their motives, he asks them another question. Uh, he asks them, uh, he, he, he points to a denarii and he says this, show me the coin for the ta tax. Um, you got it for me, Jeff? There it is, right there. That's most likely what they uh, brought to him. And in our day and age, I'm just wondering uh, how come they didn't Photoshop that a little bit more. No offense to Tiberius. You know, no offense. Uh, a little rough. You know, it's good to be king, I guess. Um, so, so you have this. This is what they brought to him. And, and it's like our coins. It's like our dollars. It, it has a, a, a stamp on it. But this was, uh, this was a representation of Caesar. This was probably Tiberius, as I shared with you. And uh, on the other side, I didn't put the other side, but it had an inscription, another smaller uh, uh, picture of it with an inscription on it. And the inscription uh, points to him Type, uh, Caesar being high priest. This idea, not, not as a title, but as a placement of over the people, over the people, um, and being uh, one 
the one that they needed to come to for all good things. As you look at that, uh, it's interesting. Uh, that's good, Jeff. You could take it down. Um, it's interesting that Jesus went and he says, bring me one. Uh, there's a possibility that nobody had one, uh, that they had to kind of round one up, or maybe one of the Herodians had it. Uh, the idea of a denarii was, was a, a day's wages. And so for us right now, if I said, hey, uh, could somebody bring me a $100 bill? Um, most of you would say, do you take Visa? Uh, um, but uh, maybe we wouldn't have one here. Maybe we would, but maybe some of you wouldn't. And the idea that you'd have to go round it up, and it's, it's not just that they were poor. It's not just that they were poor, because some of them might not have been poor. But they hated even the money. Because when they looked down at the money, it had Romans, it had Romans on them. It had the Caesar. You had to look at his ugly mug, you know, and... And it was a reminder, it was a reminder that, that he was over them. He was over them. It says a few places that they didn't even like to take the Roman money into the temple because they, they felt like it made them dirty. You got this oppressive Roman rule and we are God's people and they're like, oh, I just can't do it. So, so you get this picture and, and Jesus says, you know, you want to know about the tax? Bring me one of those. Bring me one of those. And that's what they brought. As they brought it, he asked them a, a few questions. He, he said this. As he looked at it, um, and, and he saw it, and he was obviously familiar with it, as they would have been, he said this. Whose likeness and inscription is this? Who, who is this? And they're like, well, aha, we got him. It's Caesar. It's Caesar. It, it was one of those questions that they should have known that Jesus wasn't going to ask a question, that he didn't know where this was going. But he asked the question, who is that? Caesar. And they, they were excited. So we got him. And now he's going to say, so have nothing to do with it. Don't pay the tax because Caesar's face is on that. Uh, or maybe they were saying, well, yeah, we connect with Caesar. The Herodians would have cheered. As we look at this, we realize that Caesar had identified himself in the money. It was Caesar's face. It was Caesar's inscription. It was his coin. It was his tax. And Jesus concluded, because it was his face, his inscription, his coin, and his tax, that this tax... It's his stuff. And so he says, he says about this, he says, because it's his coin, because we, I've shown this to you, he said to them, therefore render, verse 21, therefore render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. He, he looked at it and, and he showed that this was the system that, that they were under. In fact, it, it was like this, well, this simple thing like, well, whose face is it? Oh, it's Caesar's face. Well, then give what to Caesar is Caesar's. You know, this is, this is where we live. This is what we do. This is the law of the land. Uh, what are you supposed to do? Oh, pay. Well, then pay. 
And they're looking for some philosophical, theological, like this complicated thing that they work through. And he says, no, it's simple. His face is on it. He's called you to pay it. it." He acknowledged that this was the law of the land. This was the authority that be. Even Jesus did. And you see other times where Jesus and his disciples paid taxes. Not because, and I want you to get this. This is super important for us here this morning. Paying the tax, paying the tax did not say, I agree with Caesar. Everything that the Roman government is doing, because I agree with it, I will pay the tax. In fact, Jesus doesn't even touch that issue. He, he knows it's a can of worms. He knows that there's so many things that are wrong. He just says, well, pay the tax. It's not a big deal. I think that's important for us this morning, don't you? Because we, we want to get into, well, I don't agree with this, and I don't agree with that. and this. I want to tell you, uh, it, it's not worth our time. It's not worth our conversation. It's a simple place that the Lord has placed us in the law of our land to pay the tax. As we look at this, um, he, he puts side by side the, the coin with Caesar's face, his inscription, his, it, it's his tax, so it's his stuff. But then he it connects it to, to this and he says this. What about God? What, what about your heavenly Father? The one as well. He says, uh, therefore render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. Uh, as it is today, um, I, I want to ask you, uh, do you enjoy the peace of living here in the United States of America? Do you? Yes. Do you uh, enjoy the pr- protection of your family by having police officers, firefighters? Do do you like that uh, evildoers are kept away from us, incarcerated? Or would you like them just to be, you know, law of the land, uh, just kind of whatever we can do? Do you you drive on the roads? Do you drive on the roads? Do Do your kids, do your kids or grandkids go to school? Did you go to school? Did you get any financial aid in college? Do you have access to water, power? When we look at these things, I want to tell you, these are all somehow connected to taxes. And you say, well, I I just can't stand it, what they're doing. I can't stand it either, but there are things that I uh, participate in every day as did the Jews in the times of Jesus. That they, uh, they experienced a peace and a covering because of the Romans that God had placed there that they enjoyed. And you say, enjoyed? Yeah. They were protected by the Romans. They, they walked on Roman roads. They experienced, uh, to some degree, the protection politically even of the Romans. And you say, oh, yeah, but they hated them. Yeah, they did. But, but it's somehow part of God's plan. And he, he looked at this and he says, it's just a tax, just pay it. As he looked at, as, as he put this, he put right next to it, or I want to say on top of it, this. 
and, and to God the things that are God's. And you say, well, God owns everything. Exactly. Exactly. Now, now that, when we hear this sometimes, we think of a budget. Uh, there's a tax budget. There's a tax column or a piece of the pie. There's a God piece of the pie. There's, uh, you know, your mortgage piece of the pie. There's your car piece of the pie. There's whatever other pieces of pie that you have. And then there's this piece of pie that just says, mine, mine. Uh, As we look at this, as we look at this, this is totally wrong. The pie, the whole pie is God's. The whole pie. And as we give money to taxes, as we give money to the Lord's work, as we pay for shoes, as we buy cars, as we pay a mortgage, all these things remain the Lord's. And, and we, He blesses us that we can pay, and th- so that we can provide. And this is what He is saying. He says, look, this is just all part of the deal. Taxes are a part of the deal. Even to Caesar. Even to Caesar. And so he says, it's simple. You look on that coin, it says, United States of America. Guess what? We get to pay taxes. Look at that coin. It says, it shows Caesar. He says, oh, I hate Caesar. Even so, pay the tax. But know this, that all is God's. All is God's. Well, you have these two groups that probably weren't even liking to stand next to each other. And it says what happens as a response uh, to his answer. You look down at verse 22, it says this, When they heard it, they marveled, and they left him and went away. We've got to regroup on this one. We didn't, that one didn't go so well. And we will see the, uh, the ones to come as well. This is a section where they're going to come and try to attack Jesus on many different levels. I have three things for you this morning that maybe will be helpful as landing points. First one is this. All is God's. All is God's. Never think of anything, anything that you have, any possession that you have, any time that you have, any... Uh, any thought that you like just to say all is God's all is God's the, the tools that you have in your garage that you'll probably have to get rid of someday okay and maybe no one will want okay uh, those are God's the car that you love so much right now that will be a piece of junk uh, in the years to come uh, God's your, your uh, the most beautiful thing you have in your home, it's God's. Your kids, God's. Your grandkids, God's. Your marriage, God's. Your, your church, God's. He owns it all. Your country, God's. This beautiful day, God's. It's His. It's His. You, you think through it, you go, it's all His. I don't need to selfishly hold this back. I don't need to protect this. And if He calls me to give it up, here it is. Because it's His. And if he calls me to pay taxes to Caesar, here it is. Number two, for Saul is God's. Second, pay what you have to. Pay what you have to. Don't pay a dime more, but pay what you have to. Okay? 
It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. I, I know it's, it, it seems appropriate. It seems uh, like the thing to do. It seems like a good conversation to complain about taxes. It's a waste of our breath. It's a waste of our breath. I mean, it, it, you know, I don't know if how you're... Um, how you vote. I don't, I don't want to know either, by the way. I don't really want to get into it. But um, when, when you go down the list of ballot measures and such, and it says, this is a tax, where does your mind go right away? No! It's got to be something pretty significant for me to move that no to a yes, right? Uh, I want to tell you, don't get it, don't let your heart be bothered by these things. I want to tell you that, that there's bigger fish to fry. The, the, these, this group wanted to pin Jesus down, and he says, look at, the, look at the guy's face. It's a Caesar tax. Pay the tax. Pay what you have to. And, and thirdly, and this is long. If you're taking notes, this is going to take a while, Okay. The government, whether it be Rome or the United States of America, government is insignificant or of no consequence in light of your relationship with your Heavenly Father. It's of little significance or, or, or no consequence. Think about that right now. Sometimes we look at, at all that we're doing and, and all that's going on in our world right now and we say, oh no, oh no. They were living under the Roman government. Think about that right now. We're living in the United States of America. You say, well, it won't be that for long. It might not be. But I want to tell you, in light of our relationship and the blessings that come from our God, governments come and go. Co governments are insignificant to the love that God has poured out to you and established a relationship with you inside his son I want to tell you if you cling to that relationship your government's not going to throw you off uh, off the rails it's not going to bother you because you realize that you have a, a more significant relationship a better home an eternal plan please join with me in prayer Father God, thank you for this morning. We ask that you would continue to work this out in our lives. Lord, I, I know we as a congregation struggle. And so we ask for your help. Help us to see this life as all from you. All the blessings, all the riches, all the time, all, all the offspring and uh, relational uh, connections that we have in our family and our church. Help us to see it as all yours and see taxes and government as small things that we just have to deal with for a time. God, thank you for your love for us. We praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. You are dismissed.